When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line or maybe even read stories with me or maybe you have a story you'd like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, we got two guests. We got my homeboy, Matt. Hello. And we also got my other homeboy, uh, only one Bob. How's it going, guys? Good, good, man. How are you? Very good. Uh, I'm super excited to do this. We have not had three people on the podcast <laughs> before, and uh, I've been told three minds are better than one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it depends what minds I think is the problem there. Well, I've, yeah, I've sure. scrounged the deepest corners of the Discord and found the most intelligent people, and they turned me down. And then I went to you guys. So, and then I <laughs> yeah. scraped, and then I scraped the bottom of the barrel and came up with this. <laughs> so enjoy serious uh, barrel scraping. <laughs> but today's episode is going to be cool. It's uh, something we haven't done on Listener Lore before. Normally, we get people to write in their stories and then we read them off and make fun of them. But today, we're going to actually try to collaborate and come up with our own unique lore for something that um, none of us have talked about until right now. So, uh, yeah, it should be pretty exciting. Should be pretty interesting. I'm super stoked to talk about <laughs> whatever we're talking about. <laughs> well, mystery just subject. Up. We'll just pull up the random article on Let's Academ here, the random button. Boom. And today we're going to talk about Exodites. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and go. It's almost like Lore, it's almost like Lore Hammer Main is back. <laughs> yeah. Now, today we are going to try to come up with uh, lore for Exodites. Uh, and for those of you who don't mm. know what that is, we're going to just talk about what they are quickly. And then we're going to take our own kind of spin and come up with a whole bunch of shit for them. Uh, Exodites, they are an Eldar faction that uh, during the fall of the Empire, so 10,000, 15,000 years ago, they fled. They fled the Eldar Empire and they went to the most secluded parts of the galaxy to set up their own little homeworlds and do their own little things. 
the easiest comparison. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Yeah. A little, <laughs> yeah. Little, yeah. I, I, right. I, so I, far, continue. Outsider boys. Yes. <laughs> the the easiest thing to keep in your mind is like if we have Eldar, Craft World Eldar, and they are like high elves, and we have dark elves, and they're like the dark elves. Uh, Exodites are kind of like wood elves. They live in this backwater yeah. world. They love nature. They kind of become one with the land, and uh, yeah, that's kind of their jam. Yeah, is this symbiotic kind of uh, relationship, and they go into obviously the where they store their souls a little bit differently. I believe they yeah. use like the world tree or a kind of yeah. world cycle. So they have they have a very a very symbiotic relationship with their planet. Usually, it often leads into obviously a craft world will have a spirit circuit. And the Exodites have foregone that spirit circuit in order to almost, um, I suppose that is the thing, they are ingratiating themselves with nature and becoming linked into the symbiotic effect, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, for sure. What else in space, I think? Yeah. <laughs> if, if yeah you have yeah, that yeah, in the yeah. back of your head, then you, you can't go too far wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they've been around in the lore for a long time, but they've never actually got any minis. And uh, any artwork that we do see them in, we always see them riding dinosaurs. And that seems to kind of be the trope of them. But like, there's so much yeah. more to them than just riding dinosaurs. Um, they also yeah. ride sheep sometimes, whatever their planet has. So uh, I think let's, yeah, let's just... <laughs> Let's just dive into like trying to create our own uh, on the spot. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Uh, I think we need to mm -hmm. come up with like a little bit of the planet first. Like what planet did they land on? Maybe why did they choose this planet? Oh, uh, I think, I think less, because I think that's the thing. When we get into the planet, I think it's a very, that it could almost be anywhere. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. almost a main thing to decide is kind of, what is this? Obviously, we understand that it's a relationship between nature and between the Eldar. So I think a really good place to decide is, is almost in the same vein of planet. It's like, what is their nature and what are they going to be using? So obviously, we've got different biodomes, which would support different things. Yep. But the thing that I always kind of brought back to my mind is we can almost look at the classifications of animals and say, well, what would be reasonable for these guys to use? So we have reptiles, we have amphibians, we have mammals, we have fish, you know. So ah, we could all so we, we have almost, fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Riding around on the backpack of maybe some slave that they've captured yeah. over the time. You know, this is <laughs> this is their synergy and how they work together. You know, so I think. I think that's the thing. I think you hit the nail on the head where it is. It's usually dinosaurs, you know? It and it almost typecasts you into that kind of thing. I've, I've kind of but... just been like running around the idea of like uh, flying creatures, perhaps, and like maybe it's yeah. like this mountainous, cavernous, or not cavernous, mountainous valleys and stuff. And yeah, the only way to get around is by having these birds that they kind of hop on. See, my idea was almost going back into old fantasy. Okay. So, yeah. like, like how you kind of said with like birds or winged creatures, like I was almost thinking like 
massive falcons or eagles they could ride around on say bears or stag you know i like obviously me and bob are english so part of some of the inspiration that i draw is from my own culture so i think back to say english cavalry men and kind of you know because we could, we've seen that done obviously with a lot of imperial guard units we've seen it done with space marines and yep. things like this where we could almost have a english crusade inspired thing but we don't tend to relate those over to the Eldar. You know? Yeah. Not not that I'm like not that I'm like here we go right number two let's get it going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you know, uh, in my mind, I almost had this vision of like old cavalry knights. You know, like where where maybe even like the Eldar painted it like silvers, and they had the red flowing capes, mm. and you know, even like Teutonic that symbols kind of across. You know, like almost um, Game of Thrones. What's his face? The bloke who rode along on the big golden stag. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like this kind of idea yeah. of like because I, I think we we get the focus on, but. Or even lions, riding lions. Yeah, you know, the, or... the stag could be a cool idea because, like, the horns of the stag, you could make them like these crazy razor sharp weapons. And like, of course, it's forty k, so it's not just going to be this peaceful stag in a field. It's going to be this fucking oh, yeah. brutal, like, ten horn stag where you know they have mono molecular tips on them and all that kind of goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Pure pure yeah, muscle yeah, yeah. like and draped like soul gems hanging from like oh. you know like from the horns yeah, cool. and stuff you know so i had yeah. this idea of almost like this very because i i think we kind of when we go into the wood elf kind of thing we almost see them as like right let's stick them in brains let's put them in leather let's mm. make them natural kind of this natural looking stuff and i think one thing you can focus on with exercise and you can get lost in is this symbiosis with nature and how far you actually have to go. Like, do we yeah, have to make yeah. it a full space wolf? Like, where there yeah. were wolves. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, I think you, you could be a little bit that. more subtle than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can ha I think you can have a delineation. And I want that. I, I think that's the thing, even though Eldar do have exercise in particular, have a particular typecast. You don't have to stay within those limits and binds, I don't think. Yeah, that would be cool on tabletop too, where you have like these guys on the stag with like the gleaming armor and it's just this one unit that is really tied to nature. And then you look at the rest of the army and then maybe they don't have the animals. They're not as like, they're not the knights of the yeah. order. Um, they are wearing more of the brown leathers and stuff and maybe uh, doing more camouflage tactics where, yeah, like the yeah, stag like, people right. are like, we're here yeah like rangers or, yeah. or whatever you're kind of user yeah, but yeah. i i even had the idea of foxes in my head like the fox hunt obviously <laughs> but i was like well we could you could use like fox-like creatures as scouts mm. you know and change change things around with that so well you you could use the um the sort of the the wolves from the space wolf sort of kits um and even sort of just paint them with foxy colors uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Riding, riding atop them, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a, a million miles away no. from doable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think like e even hanging within that. So even if we like said, well, maybe that's our kind of that's our kind of overarching feel of it. Mm -hmm. 
I even still think there's a lot of things to play with within that. So you could use, instead of using horses, you could use bears, whatever. Yeah. If it's, <laughs> if we said, if we said this is a colder area, you know, so yeah. I think then we can kind of come back to our planet and say, like, what do we see this planet is kind of being? Yeah. Is, it, is it green and lush? Is it an English garden? Is it a tundra? You know, like, how, how do we delineate through that? Yeah, it would be cool. Like, yeah, so maybe even on the planet obviously has different regions in it. Like uh, it's not yeah. Star mm-hmm. Wars planets, but like each region, yeah, has their own type of like Eldar knight. So it's like, yeah, down yeah. in the grasslands and the, the forest areas, they do ride the stakes. And up in the cold north, they ride polar bears. And like they, they could even have like competitions with, with each other. So depending on where you come mm-hmm. from, like you have like your your knight unit, your yeah. Uh, like a, animal a yeah. A I think the dragon knights you know? with the exodites do quite often uh, butt heads, and that's a, yeah. like a, a regular thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's the thing. It almost it gives back to that credence of I when we're obviously we're talking about exodites, and you always have to kind of be able to bring it back to their their nature and their yeah, yeah. their reliance on on nature and stuff you know I, I think when you're creating a faction there are some things that you should hit and you should hit them often but not really be too dragged into it you know mm-hmm. yeah oh um, hear me know. out no i don't like that <laughs> well, i don't like yeah, listening can... <laughs> yeah. damn mouth matt um <laughs> right when you said water like I immediately thought, because you never see it. You, I've seen Exodite models. I've seen them riding atop like dragons and like serpentine dragons, uh, and obviously like the, the various lizards. But and also when you said amphibious, what about like frog mounts? Yeah. And they're aquatic Exodites. Um, so you know, think of your um, oh gosh, what are they called now from the Age of Sigma? The, the I know. Elves. Yeah. I know the ones that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, Eldenath. Uh, That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The Deepkin. Eldenath. Yeah. I, Imagine I think, some of their kids because you've got those sort of eels, the turtle, exodites atop like a turtle with the turrets. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I picture the frog, like you paint it super colorful and it can spit acid and shit. And uh, the people who ride the frogs oh, yeah, like, take like years ar- trying to like touch the poison like, and get used to like, it. And Yeah, like arrow frogs, like when they're on them, they are being poisoned like consistently, but they have to meditate and bleed out the poison at the end of battles or something, you know. Building up that immunity and it's like, that's the rite of passage. You can only, you're only allowed to mount one of these uh, poisonous frogs once you have uh, proven yourself. And if you die in the process, then you weren't worthy. Yeah, and something without a long lifespan, obviously, say human, would have no ability to be able to do that. Maybe it takes hundreds of years to be able to, maybe there is a path kind of set, you know, like the path of the rider or the path of toxin or something (laughs) like this, which has to be, which has to be established, you know, because... I'm I'm kind of just thinking like the whole point of Exodites was to isolate themselves, was to leave the rest of the galaxy behind and find their secluded point in the galaxy. So like, yeah, going, leaning into this amphibious kind of water nature, it's like what better spot to survive than to literally go into the deepest part of the ocean and just live there now. 
you have the technology to survive. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like uh, I was kind of thinking originally with this idea, like, oh man, like how do you get these models onto into different war zones? Like they're all just water creatures. Like you don't have flopping fish on the land, you know, but ultimately that's not the point of this army. The point of this faction is isolationist. Um, they will probably only go to war when war comes to them. Yeah, for sure. They're not. They're not invading other planets. They're not seeking out uh, conquest. It's a. Uh, it's purely defense. Oh, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, it is effectively like they lose their world. They lose their history. Yeah. You know, and they they lose the world spirit, which houses all of their, you know, all of their their spirits of their ancestors and yeah. stuff, which we know from Eldar is a massive a massive piece of their history and stuff so yeah i think that's it you can like i think you can kind of focus on something like that obviously it makes it more different right in a narrative i think that's why we all kind of picked exodites because we we understood that right in a narrative behind them as opposed to like yanari or, or corsairs which were the other things kind of on our minds there had to be a necessity for this where you know, it is overlooked because of the oh yeah, the amount that they don't travel. Yeah, and I yeah. think Exodites as well. It's such an untapped, like the, the sort of creative freedom you have with them is is huge, so yeah. limitless. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've already got, and you could even have this on one world. You could have yeah. like three yeah. different tribes. The the tribe from the mountain who has mounted the great eagles. The, the <laughs> tribe from the more sort of a like a British woodland with like the great oaks. Um, yeah, atop their bears and foxes, and and that's the thing. Like, thing. Elder, Elder have a fantastic use of the webway, you know, which we yeah, tend yeah. to forget. We we tend to forget about with the exodites, but who's to say that they might have a cluster of planets, a kind of home mm. home system where they're able to use the webway to be able to take these great aquatic beasts and open up into a section which is approachable or even ride the webway currents through wang like, <laughs> yeah you know like yeah a big a big space turtle just floating through the air it's, like it's... always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> like, and if you wanted to to really sort of defend it you can this is 40k yeah. like fit it, fit your turtle with some sort of water <laughs> mask and then shove yeah. rockets on its back this thing can go anywhere now this is I... uh, this thing is space ready <laughs> I kind of picture like this cool scene of like them opening up a webway portal underwater. So they open it up and instantly all the water just pours through the webway portal and kind of floods wherever they're going. Um, and then, yeah, all the yeah. animals just like come through on this flood on this wave of, uh, of literal water open, yeah. opened up from the which middle is, of nowhere. Which, which is how we do things in, for example, like docks. You know, we have we have a holding chamber which fills up with water in order to be able to, you know, in order to safely transport it to the next point. So you can yeah. have, say, a holding system within. Why are you laughing at me, Bob? <laughs> I didn't know where you were going to go with that. Yeah, just like how we do warfare now. When no. we open up <laughs> but, the sea, but, the sea but goes like, in. Yeah, but like how, <laughs> you know, we, we, how we move product in order to kind of shift levels is all about shifting level to yeah. make a smooth transaction yeah. through. So maybe they have some kind of delineation. There is a point in the webway where they can have a hold-in station 
they can bring in a mass amount of their army and then they're just released completely out there are massive you know and this can yeah, even go into that yeah, yeah. they can it yeah. could even go into their battle tactics like a surge battle da- yeah tactic, yeah where and they it, are it would help like the crack yeah the crash in wave yeah, it would help even keep like battle casualties down and stuff if you already wipe out half the enemy army just with that tidal wave at the beginning. And then the, the other half yeah, that survives exactly. are now fucking treading water. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know, Exodites, I don't know how their rules are, but I, I seem to remember they had something to do with nature and kind of, you know, but you could even kind of, if you had warlocks and warp seers instead of them using like electric mm. bolts, you could say that this is like maybe they use steam instead, like uh, these kind of things. You know, they supercharge water and is a bolt of kind of steam that can just melt melt someone's armor <laughs> and melt their. You know, yeah, super. No, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we, we even should... talk about cavit. No, go for it, Matt. Sorry, Sorry I was only going to say we we even talk about like cavitation, you know, where where we see on like boat propellers where water gets so hot that it actually explodes and degrades metal. Mm. The the chemical reaction, it, the, so the transfer of heat is so explosive and it's so quick that it actually degrades metal. So we can yeah. even kind of use some pseudoscience and <laughs> move it towards that you know what i mean yeah um well i think we should refine one of these ideas i think i'm leaning towards the underwater people the most to be honest with you yeah i but really the- like that I, okay i think that's real unique and it has a yeah. good sharp point to it yeah it, it fits the theme of the exodites of isolation but also like yeah kind of i really like this warp portal idea opening up so let's yeah expand further on this um, uh, there might be other things happening on the planet. We can just ignore them for now. Maybe there's other exodites on the surface, on the land, but I think the focus should be on these underwater guys. Um, do like they've been on this planet now for potentially like 15,000 years. Have they developed any type of like, uh, personal technology or maybe have they evolved at all to kind of help them in their underwater quest? Or do they pretty much solely rely on animals to get around? Like, you know, they have their underwater buildings and their taxi system is literally just grabbing on that fish and then it swims you over to the next building. Yeah. Mm. I I think when we talk about evolution, I never like bring in evolution towards Eldar, if you get what I'm kind of saying, you know, because it is this, I feel like it goes against the grain of their arrogance. So like... I, I think that's the thing. I even yeah. exodized. I think they would cause the world to bend to their will, as opposed to, you know, I know they're symbiotic to a point. But I think it still comes down to that Aldar arrogance. So I would almost see it as, you know, kind of if we look back into our own history, like an Atlantean kind of the fables of Atlantis and the lost cities, you know, underwater yeah. taverns. That's, that's cool kind of pushing through and maybe there are like creatures which are like we're going back into the goddamn build a hive <laughs> build a hive city episode <laughs> flapkin maybe there are flapkin around um <laughs> yeah but you you know this kind of this kind of we could have wraithbone cities palaces underneath or even carved yeah. out from waterways and stuff like that so yeah instead of wraithbone just a little bit 
you know, some sort of genetic enhancement where maybe they've got like webbed hands, they've got maybe some little gilly things knocking around, you know. Um, you've got the wraiths as well. I'd be, it'd be cool to see how the wraith construct yeah, I, I changed. I kind of picture them like a mix of like coral and wraith bone. Like maybe they, oh. they're made of wraith bone, but then they have coral like armor parts on them, you know? Um, yeah. Long well, you did a deep sea army bub for your Nurgle, and you had a lot <laughs> yeah. of like a lot of coral with bright colors and stuff like that. So you could be hitting up oranges and purples and have a really bright aesthetic to that kind of thing. You could even yeah. go like big old crabs. Maybe <laughs> maybe your wraith. You know what I mean? Maybe your wraith guard have crushing claws or that'd be cool. Like, that'd be yeah, that, that would be. Yeah, something yeah. like that you know to kind of really like settle the theme and they walk sideways and clicking and clacking you know <laughs> maybe they are stockier as well maybe like you know the wraith construct they're stockier so that they can walk yeah. on the on the ocean yeah. floor well yeah so they're less sort of pushed down by pressure and kind of yeah, like push down by pressure and squatting hard. And you because you um, you see Wraithguard who are very tall and slender. Yeah. But uh, like Bob said, to be able to push it down and almost almost feel that feeling of pressure as mm. as a visual thing. I think when whenever we're making a new army and stuff, is being able to see the theme and have the yeah. theme 100%. run through strongly. You know, I think we yeah. all agree on that. We love a thematic army. So being able to like push that in heavily is quite quite a good thing. Yeah. No, I like that squatty little uh Wraith Knights with crab hands and shit. Very cool. Yeah, or like tentacles, like lashing whips, like yeah. you know, it could be very, very interesting, you know. Yeah, or, or the really big sort of wraith knights instead of a sword, they've got like a you know, swordfish with that sort of mm. where it's like a strip, but with the teeth coming off the yeah. side and it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. and like so the shell shield bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. <laughs> I, like we think about some of the tactics, maybe there are 
bioluminescent tactics, you know, like like deep fish, mm. deep sea fish do, like where we focus on bioluminescence. You have angler fish, like something like that, where maybe it draws a, a light or some other kind of thing, a bait of some sort, you know, maybe that's a tactic that these guys could use. Yeah. For example, they they put a spark of light into the warp, which would attract any anyone who who would find that interesting. And maybe that's where they set their ambush, yeah. you know, and close the jaws and release the tidal wave, you know, because we're talking about these guys who obviously have a very succinct way of doing battle. Like they like to crash in. So you would assume like almost like in the cove on a seaside in the cove very peaceful until the waves come in and crash yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or like the tide and they cut them off from behind and then release the wave and it's Exa- like, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I just pictured too on all these water analogies you know when there's a tsunami it's like mid-battle the water starts to go mm. back out and the the enemy's like oh wow we actually drove them off but it's like uh uh no you're about to get hit by yeah. the so- hardest parts second wave comes in and just crumples again yeah like, yeah, yeah um, so. we touched briefly on like uh like webbed hands and stuff i kind of want to go back to that idea and maybe not the whole society has them but maybe there's like an underclass of um mutants on this planet that have evolved these kind of webbed hands and they're definitely not they're not treated well they are underclass citizens but maybe they will be sent in on the first wave i'm kind of just picturing how the elder they don't want to lose guys they want to kind of just survive and they're not going and conquering planets so they kind of will send in these chaff units like stuff they don't really care about like these mutants with their fish hands maybe they send in wraith knights as well in the first wave kind of just like the non-essentials even but even if we look at like dark eldar culture we see scourges you know which are eldar you know they're born dark eldar but they they choose to undergo physiological changes in order to make themselves more more in in the guise of predatory birds yeah so we could have we could have this kind of this underground cult section where they are elder. And it's like I said, I don't like using evolution with Eldar. I don't like the idea of them naturally changing over time yeah, just yeah. because of their they're so long lived. Yeah. I like that. So they've done it to themselves almost. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. maybe they the, are sort of it is frowned upon by the rest of the Exodites that are there. They're like, look, what you've done to yourself, that's, that's in the not same cool. In the same way. But is in the yeah. same is, to the room. Is in the you know? same way of being lost in the path of the seer. You mm. understand? Like that is not that is not respectable. You know, that is not something that someone wants to do, but that is something that's necessary for the survival of the craft world. Yeah. You know, because if you are if you are a fireseer, you are lost on the path, you know. So maybe maybe this is something that they recognize as a necessary evil to their survival. Yeah. Path of the fish. Path of yeah. the yeah. fish. <laughs> do we have anything else we want to talk about about the, the mutants kind of? I mean, yeah, I think I think that's the thing. Like going into this kind of 
like are they mutants are they undervalued by their society how do they fit in like because that's the thing just because it's a necessary position doesn't mean that it is a respectable position maybe these guys have to live by themselves you know like maybe maybe these maybe these guys live outside of these underwater cities yeah and have to you know are are basically animals who have to be called when when a need necessitates them yeah that's cool although i did i really like the idea that it's purposeful they have chosen to do this to themselves yeah 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 yeah. and then you you blow the conch (laughs) and they they all swim towards you like team assemble yeah just uh it just goes back to like them wanting to be self-reliant so like you know they choose this awesome isolated spot and then they're still relying on other things. They're relying on the fish to do things for them. They're relying on the surrounding. Um, they're still relying on like Eldar food and Eldar growing techniques on feeding the population. But then there's these, these mutants who just take it to that next level where they're like, well, we're trying to get even more um, self-reliant where, yeah, now I can just fucking eat kelp. I can swim with my stupid fish hands. I got a little dolphin tail. Yeah. I'm totally self-reliant now in this yeah, isolated yeah. spot. Um, yeah. Like with yeah. a lot merfolk, like full yeah. on fish tail. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> their armor is kind of like, you know, they're, they're vacuum sealed into this armor and just through that, they become like, you know, more ingratiated. Like maybe... In the, in the same way that we see, like, farseers who crystallize over mm. time, you know, the, the more that they ingratiate. So maybe we have the symbiotic effect between the war, the armor, and the Eldar that all kind of blend together, you know? Like, these, adapt- these adaptations are made to their armor, which over the time they ingratiate themselves to. And maybe there's a point where the older of these, you know, quote-unquote mutants lose more of their armor as they go along, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you see some which are basically almost full Eldar, and then you see, like, the captain who's shirtless and armorless. He's covered in, like, scars and shark teeth and, yeah. you know, all, almost scales, like yeah. this kind of... Yeah, exactly, this kind of idea of the... Oh, almost like the Moby Dick Queequeg kind of idea of the the hunter who is born on the sea and who is made by the sea kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, right. that's the, the other option we could go to with uh, just how they become mutants is just some type of warp effect. But I think it's still kind of like that they intentionally do it to themselves and it's definitely like they have weird... Maybe they have a dark elder guy who's come and joined them, who is doing these uh, these surgeries on them yeah, or whatever. Like, but they've like a humun- yes. a humunculus, you know. Yeah. You yeah, could yeah, have yeah. you could have humunculi in this kind of thing because let's not forget yeah. if you are doing exodites, you you're not limited by doing no. craft world. You could always pick a unari yeah. a unari basis for your exodites and say, well, we have a bit of both, you know, and. In, maybe they all started off as regular Eldar, but this was almost like a path of the exile mm-hmm. to a point. And depending on how old the civilization is, depends on how. Like they could have been there before the. Obviously, they were there before the fall of the Eldar, before yep. Dark Eldar started to ingratiate themselves. So maybe they are doing this thing. They're siphoning off 
part of their their spirit in order to gain these boons. Yeah, yeah. maybe they are a little bit. I like the idea that they're maybe a little bit darker than when you sort of normally think of exodites that are all sort of like, look, well, we're exodites for one with nature, but no, yeah. maybe a little bit darker, like there's yeah. some dark elder yeah. that have joined them and it's all just but a little bit. They've uh, had they've had to like sacrifice that. to nature, you know, mm. instead of mm. this kind of oh well we're we're all in conjunction and we have complete control over it. It's actually, no, in order for our survival, which is the most important thing for us as Eldar, we've had to sacrifice part of and it comes down to sacrificing part of arrogance as well, mm. which is very which is very key in Eldar kind of mythos as well, the arrogance of Eldar. To, to be able to sacrifice some of that and say we are not perfect yeah, yeah. and we need to adapt to become better is it goes against the grain of yeah. traditional Eldar, yeah, which are yeah. very sedentary in their kind of viewpoint of how they are and where they are. Yeah, We could not bend the will of the crushing oceans, so we bent our own will to it. Exactly. That's yeah, cool. the, yeah. Yeah. the water yeah. will erode the mountain over time. This yeah. kind of thing, you know. And now like, we're fish. So yeah, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and that's and, uh, why I have fish tails. <laughs> so let's let's put this right. So humans go from fish to human, Eldar from Eldar to fish. Yeah, I remember the first day when the Eldar walked into the ocean and lost his legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I think I, I really I think like that's that. A really, yeah. The, the, there's like a harlequin, or no, not a harlequin, there's a homunculi coven somewhere on this planet that kind of abducted people in the early stages and did their experiments, but then there's <coughs> people who willingly join the, the homunculus and want to get the surgeries done. And then there's these weird yeah, mutants that just breed with each other and make their own weird mutant children. So now you get all types yeah. of these weird different fucking sea eldar. Yeah. Why do our ideas always come back to mutant fish people? Why is that <laughs> a common theme? <laughs> I have I have my own reasons why I hate the fish people. And I won't get into it on this podcast. I um, like it. I, no, I, but I, yeah, I, I was only gonna say I I really like it because it is this is this break in the mold. And I think when you make yeah. a faction, if you want to make a good faction, sometimes you have to break away. But be able to explain why you've broken away, yeah, why it's yes. important that you're delineating from originality. Yeah, like I just picture them on tabletop and like it's very easy to picture uh, an exodite riding an eel or riding the tur turtle with a turret on the top. So you see that army instantly. And then you see off in the corner these weird guys you've never seen before, like these weird fish people. And that opens mm. up that like, what the heck are those and why are those like that? Um, and that's the thing. If we wanted to say try and because I, I I understand that a lot of people focus on the game and how would I put these into models, but we could uh, yeah we're all laughing because none of us play. Uh, this but, is the game. <laughs> but yeah, right, what? Um, but like even the idea of the mandrakes used by kind of um, the Drakari and stuff. Like, so the Mandrakes are obviously, they are not Eldar in a conventional sense. They are these yeah, spirit yeah. creatures, but maybe you kind of, you unify them into this kind of thing. So instead of 
the white hair draping that seaweed colored <laughs> hair kind of thing long clothes and may you, yeah. you know like dappled skin like a shark maybe or something like this like again the crab claws like that. <laughs> well yeah so like, thematic and easy to do as well no. like just from a hobby perspective yeah <laughs> that's the thing and i think that's the thing like a lot of people they talk about these ideas and then they get lost because they're like well how am i going to be able to create this but i think mm. gw's product range now is so is so clean for being able to do things like this yeah. that i i think when we talk about conversions and when we talk about ideas it is always nice to be able to talk about how can we put this into practice yeah no that mandrakes is a great I'm, suggestion i'm already already looking through well i'm building my i'm building my nice army on this <laughs> now um I I got yeah, a couple so more things that could be interesting to discuss. Um, one being the Avatar of Cain. I don't know if Exodites Ooh. really do the whole Avatar situation. I have seen them converted into Exodites. I've seen a lot of this kind of thing, especially with the new um, with the new Sylvanath models. There yeah. been a, a, some very yeah. nice, and I think it was... Well, I know Pete the Wargamer did a lot of stuff where he used the Nurglins um, and yeah, mixed them with the, the Sylvanath, and they came out really nice. They're very beautiful. Um, mm. But yeah, you could almost, you know, if you wanted to use Sylvanath bits and stuff for your, maybe your Avatar of Cain is like a construct of driftwood, you know? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, because I kind it could of be just like thinking like, the avatar is like a fiery demon god that won't really work well underwater. So we need to kind of come up with like a way that oh, his soul but, is contained in a clamshell, and that's the fiery essence. But, you know? but but we have like we think about like volcanoes, and we have magma ruptures running that's underneath true. oceans. Okay. Don't we? Okay. So e so so even if we have like you know maybe the story of the avatar of Cain is like you have driftwood from before the planet was even settled. They're ancient trees before everything was underwater. They're very hard to collect. They have to be washed up. They're then inscribed with runes. I have Wraithbone because they're petrified wood and they're so strong and stuff. And then maybe is this kind of delineation where you're having to pull the thing. And then you can see this kind of thing of, the avatar of Cain like rises through the water and it's just bubbles. Like you cannot see it through the bubbling steam and magnitude. Yeah. Raises out of the water. Water is exploding around it because of the heat rupture and kind of this thing. And just it billows. It looks like a, a demon from, from the gates of hell erupting into this kind of thing. So you could have like a very... Mm. I, if I had my avatar of Cain in front of me, I would be going like very dark brains, like real heavy dark brains, and then real char around any magma ports coming out. You know, this very. Uh, but you could go completely different. You could say, you know, this is this is plasma. This is water. However, you want it to kind of delineate well, that's, it. That's how I saw. It. You know, when you said that, and I immediately thought of, and I was trying to pull up a picture of it. You know, the the Adolon of Mathlan. You know, the guy with the big sort of the big wave as a, as a yeah as a yeah. cloak uh, as yes. a cape. Have that take the front of the model off, get the avatar of Cain, and put it on the front. So you've got the avatar of Cain model, but with this wave cloak, so he's hovering off the ground. And then, like you said, Matt, go with more of a 
an aquatic paint scheme. Yeah. So in the cracks, you have that sort of like blues and it's got the blues coming through. Uh, and maybe even like white, like white. So he's like a like a marble, yeah. like a cracked marble. And you've got that Atlantean feel. You've got the blue coming through. Because I think that's the thing. The avatar of Cain, uh, like that is a symbol of natural power as opposed mm. to like Cain isn't the god of fire. You know, he is the god of warfare, war and rage and anger. But we we see like the rage of the sea, the tumultuous path of the sea and the strength oh, of yeah. it, which is which is as powerful as fire. You know, these are these are the kind of the yin and yang of yeah. how we kind of work. So it could be very nice to bleed into this more the power of cold. You know, as opposed from the the cold hatred, and maybe it kind of mm. that leads into how the Exodites view Warcraft, that they don't want to do it, they don't have a burning, raging passion, is a very yeah. cold, calculated, crushing yeah. power that they want to put onto people. Yeah, and like even even them going to war on a distant planet would kind of wreck that world because like they yeah. go and they wage war on this plains world where you know there's a bunch of plains dwellers for some reason that slighted them they've just flooded this whole area and ruined the yeah. whole ecosystem killed all the animals and now that's all all yeah. that is left is like ocean water and even when that like yeah. seeps into the ground now the earth is salted and it's like so, yeah, yeah this I'm... cold malice like yeah they don't go to war lightly so to kind of uh, to bring in a little bit of like Warhammer background as well, there is a there's a particularly interesting kind of setting in one of the Gaunt's ghost book called Traitor General, which is quite far into the into the series. Not really a spoiler, but one of the things that they use the chaos kind of um, you know the Sons of Sec, which are basically the equivalent of the Blood Pack, so they're that chaos led Imperial Guard. They have what is basically a grub is a small grub like a kind of bug in a jar and they drop it onto a planet and this bug just sucks all of the water out. it because basically i think the way that they delineate it is this bug has a warp hole within it so they drop it onto the surface of the planet and that drains the war of the planet and then they can collect this and kind of move on to the next planet and completely release it all into one you know yeah. so there are things out there that we can like draw inspiration for of how you know maybe there is a there's a completely abandoned planet that is full of water and it is only used for this kind of tactic where it's drained released drained again and then put back you know this kind of reciprocal kind of thing yeah very cool yeah <laughs> yeah i like it i i really like this idea i think we took it somewhere beautiful um that's that's definitely bones for now us to either make miniatures or go actually write this down uh but i think we should just do a quick summary of what we came up with the ideas that we like and then uh yeah kind of solidify it a bit so we're definitely we love the underwater bit i think we love the mutants there might have been a homunculus and coven that kind of started it all off, but now people kind of go there on their own accord. Maybe they're kidnapped sometimes. Like I said, there has to be mutant children in there as well. Um, yeah. Other cool. That's the thing. Yeah, those kind of core points that we've hit on. Yeah. So it's like, you know, 
I know I think anyone who's like listening to this, if you want to experiment with yourself, I think some of the core points that I think we all agree on is what does the faction do like everyone else? Mm-hmm. What do they do differently? Hmm. And how do they interact? And particularly this is with the Exodites in particular. How do they interact with what makes them unique? Because this is the thing, like Exodites, obviously the planet is what makes them unique. The way they react with nature is what makes them unique. You take that into any other faction, you know, Imperial Guard, it would be a completely, the planet would not matter to them as yeah. much as the start point because yeah. they move onwards but yeah i think i like i like the way that we've kind of we've explained how they could go into battle not necessarily that they would like to go into battle you know but how that can be affected whilst protecting what is dear to them because that's yeah. the thing. if you was if you establish a faction around something it can't be and then they leave it and go somewhere else because yeah you you've get, you've taken away the reason why that fashion is important you know yeah 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 100 then we've got our uh, we've got our crab claw wraiths we've yeah. got our um our avatar of kane who's maybe a slightly more colder uh watery version of himself yeah we've, we've got ideas of how we can convert these how we can look at these like I and really Eden like Eden that Eden idea. Kim. Use your Eden at Deep Kim. Yeah. yeah, pretty much most of the conversions. And then maybe you get some wood elf bits from fantasy, and then you get some Eldar bits just so you can have like uh yes. cat- shuriken catapults and shit yes. like that. Get some Tyranid bits, get some current effects clues or mm-hmm. plates from Tyranids, you know, and really would, yeah, you know, yeah. This is the thing. I think that's the thing. It does open up a very, a very broad kind of thing to look at and I, I would say I really enjoyed doing this. If anyone wants us to revisit this, yeah, I, just so I can get back onto Mark's podcast, send <laughs> us a message. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, maybe yeah. maybe this will be something that we maybe the three of us get together again, maybe not recorded, or and we kind of think about how we would progress because I think yeah. it's a very interesting idea. Yeah, I'm I'm curious too to hear everyone's feedback on this episode. If you guys would like to hear us do more of this style of episode, because um, maybe even like people just throw us an idea the night before and then we just work on whatever random idea they gave us. So there's some cool things to try to do here because I really enjoyed what we came up with. I think the model I would most want to do is definitely a mandrake and you give him a crab can and he just looks all hunched and like, yeah, just a fucking mutant fish boy. I have a race knife. Oh, I bought about three years ago that I've not finished and now I'm going to tear it apart and turn it into a big old crap. So, nice. no, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, but that's the thing. Like you just said, if you want to send us a message before, the reason I think why Mark picked this to do is because it is this easy. Yeah, you yeah, know, we like just came when, up with something when you're amazing. Beginning to write, look, yeah, when yeah. you're beginning to write Lord, do not panic, you know? Like it can... It can take a bad part, but I think we've always said the same thing. We said the same thing when we were on our Necromunity episode, is mm-hmm. that getting together with a bunch of guys and just hashing out your idea. I had a completely different idea yep, me this was going to go. <laughs> this was <laughs> not what I planned. I, I not what I had in mind. <laughs> and I hate it because my idea was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks guys for making the time. Thanks to the listeners for uh, listening. And uh, yeah, that was a great bonus episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore. I'm excited to see what happens with it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, if you if you want to hear more of me. Yeah, make sure you go check out Only One Bob at Hobby Happy Hour, uh, where you guys just talk hobbying. Yeah, for sure. In fact, we recently just did an episode on kit bashing conversions, which uh, weirdly ties in with this quite nicely. So nice. uh, yeah, check us yeah. out. Uh, I've read some of your stuff on the show before Only One Bob, and I just read this week your orc episode, and I was able to see the orc pictures that you had. And man, your conversion skills are top notch. So if you want some fucking pro tips, go listen to Hobby Happy Hour for sure. I was going to talk about like uh, we could do exercises birds because I do know this idiot who spent loads of time. <laughs> this this dumb dumbass who spent loads of time making tyrannids into birds. And <laughs> That's not horrible. It's been a year and a half, man. I, 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 won't make, half. <laughs> I won't mention any names, but he was a real dumb bitch. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all on the next episode of uh, Lore Hammer Listener Lore. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious, ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.